Welcome to WorkWives, the podcast about being better and feeling better along your entrepreneurial journey. I'm Morgan Jones. And I'm Jimmy Gail. How we doing today? We doing, girl. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing it, goddamn. Man, it is another week in semi-quarantine, mm. full pandemic some people have vaccines some people do not most people do not and a lot of us have question marks and so most of our lives are still in this weird limbo space that feels kind of cool some days and sort of stressful other days and I just want to add in that uh, 536,000 people have died from uh coronavirus and its variants uh in the u.s in the u.s mm-hmm. so uh it that then it always strikes me when i think about semi-quarantine because that is what we're doing and anybody that's quarantining is likely doing it on their own like it's not a state mandate it's not something that that you know the leadership have told them to do so it's like we are we are in a bad way when it comes to a unified response to this and with people semi-quarantining as much as we can, like you and I are both at home for the most part, doing all of our things from here, and there are so many people just out and about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a lot of yeah. days I feel like, is it, oh, am I tripping? Am I the... Is okay. It, are, is it free? Like I, are we free to go outside again? Uh, are we done? <laughs> as in, when I go outside, I don't have that same uh, risk of getting something that could kill me or change my life uh, dramatically or kill my grandma or. Yeah. Can I no, tell you? It's still out here. I had, a, I had a dream last night that I went to a concert and it was it was her <sighs> performing. And the bar was set up on stage. So we were (laughs) getting drinks on stage. No one was wearing masks. And I was like, this is just like so weird. Like, what are we doing? Like, I haven't been around this many people in a long time. And finally, her was like, all right, I'm out, y'all. Like, this is too fucking weird. I can't even perform for you guys anymore. I don't like it. So I guess (laughs) I'm just like subconsciously (laughs) manifesting all this anxiety around where we are in the world. And my main question is like, can I put my kid in daycare or not? Right. No. Right. What does any of this mean for my actual existence? Can I do it? Yeah. You just made me think of this video uh, that I saw this morning of a DJ at his first gig. Well, that's what the caption said. Like, uh, first gig uh, since quarantine started. And my man, is he starts dancing and then hits his head on the table and then knocks everything over. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what would happen to me. <laughs> like, I'm so rusty. I'm so out of practice. I'm going to fall completely flat on my face. <laughs> the first time I have to be, like, in front of actual people again. It's yeah, yeah, going to be a mess. I'm with it's you. Uh, I am uh, having a rough go with the, we are at the year mark of being in, in uh, Panini. And... Um, <laughs> Like, I, it feels like it's been three years sometimes, and sometimes it feels like it's been four months or two days. I don't know. But time means nothing anymore. 
And that's just kind of how my week already feels is time means nothing anymore. I I have yeah. to stop trying to make it mean something like daylight savings ruined my everything. Shayshite shmavings. <laughs> and this is our last year. We won't even. Here's my question before we move forward. Since we're as a country going to decide or I don't know, a state, maybe at, at least Oregon is like we're not we're no longer going to participate. <laughs> yeah. Starting next year. So this is supposedly our last daylight savings here. In Oregon. In Oregon. So I'm wondering, will my body still have a actual physical reaction? Or have we just all completely made this up in our minds? First of all, it is all made up. Second of all, (laughs) Oregon's about to fuck up the made up. Because if you try to schedule a meeting... (laughs) <laughs> someone Fam. in another coast and they're going to be like, well, what time zone are you in? And you're going to be like, Oregon time. <laughs> this is cause we're an hour behind California. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That nah, makes bro. sense. Nah, that's, no, yeah. That makes sense. So it is all made up. Everyone in the country, I looked this up. Um, everyone in the world does not participate in daylight savings. Right. Um, and so there's a part of the year where, like, right now, for example, I think Colombia, the country, yeah, is like not synced up with the East Coast, which they would normally be. So it's so we're it's about like to be that. Colombia, like, is what you're saying. Yeah, about we're, to be Colombia. Sometimes like, okay. we'll sync. Sometimes we. Uh, sometimes we just you won't. Miss the connection yeah. altogether, and we're yeah. You know, we're neighboring. Uh, Washington real close so that'd be the same thing like now all of a sudden we've been on the same time at all times and now we're an hour behind you or whatever for this part of the year for this little part of the year you and I talk about capitalism often and you know that's what this is yes yes daylight saving time is all about capitalism how can we keep more daylight present in people's minds so they will be out and spend more and like it's an spend more and be trait. fine to work more out in a farm or yes. field of some sort yes uh yeah yes. absolutely yeah so, man so it is made up <laughs> absolutely it's made up and uh it's ruined my week so far so i'm just well, the time a is made sheeple. up too <laughs> oh completely i right yeah right yeah, we're we're all living in different constructs that don't even make sense to today anymore. And Mm-mm. but you know what? You're not gonna change my history. You're not gonna rip that away from me. I'm keeping my daylight saving. <laughs> like, we should we should do we should do an episode on social constructs like time and marriage and nuclear families and all these things that are just fucking completely made up. Engagement rings, like all of it. Completely made so up. many social constructs. Yes. Deal. Shaving. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Ooh, shaving. Ugh. Yeah, shaving. sorry. I nope. found out the engagement ring was only, I think, in like the 30s. Before that, I think people would propose with a bouquet of flowers. And then whatever this like surplus of diamonds or whatever it is that like came yep. over, you know, we started then using an actual ring. It was um, like there's propose. no other way that you can actually enter into this commitment without a diamond now. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, because it is kind of stupid, right? Like you have an engagement ring and then you get a wedding ring and then some people keep wearing their engagement rings as a part of their wedding ring. And like some people just put it in a drawer somewhere and pass it down later uh, <laughs> to another family member. But I it is like it's a ring for a ring later. we were yeah. talking about. You got the surplus when you just put it in the drawer and let it sit. Until you have a child. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Until you have a male child, right. so to speak, then you give it to them to give to their, you know, exactly. so-called, you know, hetero, what, you know, <laughs> person. But you don't give it to your daughter unless you never have a son. And then. But even know. then, does she get it? Because. I feel yeah, like I think so. I think oh, okay. it becomes an heirloom. Like this was my great grandmother's engagement ring. But do they give it to the suitor? Is what I'm too. saying. Like she does. Like I, I don't think you even get it as the girl. Like you must. No. Get, you must have a suitor who's then going to ask for great grandma's ring because you was the woman being proposed to and will be the person who wears the ring. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really get a say in that. <laughs> Yeah, you know? whole episode social constructs. We can Ooh. do this forever, girl. We can do it. Uh, we can do a season on social constructs. So, <laughs> right? Yeah. Listeners, thanks for uh, st- sticking into our um, production meeting, but we'll we'll move forward. Yeah. <laughs> We're so ridiculous. It's like, how are you? Engagement rings. <laughs> Capitalism, root of it all. <laughs> That actually should probably be the name of our podcast, but we're going to stick with with work wives for sure. But like (laughs) capitalism, it's the root of it all. Yeah, it is. is. Speaking of capitalism, we got a fire starter topic. Oh, yeah. Uh, So in the news recently was uh, a young man by the name of uh, Joe Herber and... I think that's his name. I could be wrong. Joe Schmo. We're going to call him Joe because he's also Joe as shit. So we're just going to stick with Joe. Uh, right. Joe had a, a super hot uh, reseller business. Just uh, getting those third party market shoes off like hotcakes. Uh, yeah. And I mean, just for like some of us who aren't in the... Um, in the culture like what does it mean to have a reseller business this is like a shop you would walk into and buy some sneakers right fantastic question so there are reseller like a vintage store is the kind of place that's always looking for like the og version of a shoe right um and they're gonna sell that a reseller or uh like a shoe shoe game reseller it's all online and it's changed the way you buy sneakers. It changed the access you have to sneakers. So taking the taking the whole uh, relationship of buying a sneaker in a store has changed dramatically. So if you're a reseller um, and, and you know that there are uh, certain shoes that have a higher value, um, you do everything you can to get your hands on as many of those that you possibly can so that you can then sell it for a much higher price than what Nike, Adidas, New Balance, whatever it is, uh, however much they sell it for. So um, a a good example is Nike made, uh, if you'll remember the movie Back to the Future, (laughs) Nike made the self-strapping actual shoe. um, And the mags were limited edition, crazy limited. I don't remember how much the retail was, but it was, you know, way way up there for a regular retail shoe. 
um, the resale value of these shoes was around 12 grand. So understand if I spend 600 to get the shoe and I'm selling it for 12 grand, that's one heck of a profit. And I've not done much, but have some bots to be able to purchase for me uh, so that I'm also purchasing. Because once upon a time you would stand in line or you would have, you know, you would do all these things to get this shoe. You would have to have a certain amount of access. You also have to be in the loop. You know, when the shoe is dropped, you know, when, um, you, you're anticipating this and then a lot of times you're building a lifestyle around this. So this is similar to people who used to camp out for like an iPhone, but these are for sneakers and yes. it's that whole culture. And so now, you know, fast forward into where we are in the last few years, you know, you're knowing when this shoe is going to drop online and instead of standing in line virtually, people have now created bots that do this work of standing in line and, buying it and in the in the virtual digital world and jumping ahead of lots of people <laughs> so that they are able to do that and able thank you so much and able to purchase as i mean like you know uh, a nike is going to put a restriction on certain things you can only purchase one of these pairs of shoes with this credit card or going to this address like they have abilities to limit really you know like micro focus on uh who can purchase um Yep. The bots are a way to get around that so that you can get as many as possible. Also, it's limited, right? So the more people that are trying, but they're just one person, you know, if I'm me, but I have a hundred bots, I've got a much better shot. You got an army. You got an army. So So now back to Joe Schmo. So back to Joe. Joe Schmo does for a living. Joe has this business for a living, but here's the little wrinkle. His mother is the vice president of North America for Nike. North America. And that's the end of her title. (laughs) You know how much you're in charge of? (laughs) Like, all of it. Yeah. Including, and not looking great for them, Nike sneakers app. (laughs) So she's in charge of that. Uh, Joe was out here using her company credit card to purchase these shoes with the bots and his whatevers. So Joe has effectively started a business that resells someone else's product for a humongous markup, and he has zero overhead. The rage. straight up okay so you know we're talking several things here right we're talking access privilege Mm. we're uh, talking access to capital and we're talking access to someone else's capital we're talking access to a corporation a multi-billion corporation (laughs) multi-billion dollar corporation's capital like this that when you say access like you, that you can't even grab the scope of how much access he was given. <laughs> so he's cornered the market all ways, right? He's got bots yeah. to do it online for him. He doesn't have to actually be a part of the culture because his mother is inside of who manufactures this. <laughs> so he doesn't need yeah. to be a part of the culture to know the dates, to know the drops. He doesn't need to know that. He does, But he is 
because he gets the access from his mom, he can then charge people $250 a month to be a part of a discord where then he's telling them what the drops are, right? And trying, and he flips this whole thing into three levels of a different business. So he's going to teach you how to do bots and he'll sell you bots. He'll teach you how to uh, run your own discord so that you can be doing this same thing. Like it's multi levels of disaster capitalism (laughs) is what this kid embodies. And yeah. And he's like 19 years old. And so meanwhile, he's on a gram flexing. Right. So you, you see photos Ooh. he's posting of himself with like stacks of shoe boxes and you know and you know the what's the thing the kids do where they, they cover half their face. Oh yeah, and you do know this and do that. And so I'm I'm not cool. I'm a part of this culture. I'm I'm wearing the clothing. I have this company. I have this access. Nobody understands how I got it. And I'm just making it look cool to you and easy and attainable Mm. and i'm even selling you this idea that all you got to do is buy these bots to get to where i'm at right right Right. (laughs) all you got to do is buy this e-course from me to get to where i'm this is where we talk about we were talking the other day about um you know there's this whole thing where people are like i started this business with just 500 dollars in my pocket and you can do the same get you an llc (laughs) (laughs) become wealthy (laughs) become wealthy use your tax return and you will now have a $50,000 business in one year if you just do this. If all you do. Six set of steps I'm about to tell you. It's it's that shit, right? It's yes. like. It's a lie. Selling you a dream. <laughs> it's a lie. It's a lie. And no one's talking about the privilege that they it have. It takes to that sell that shit. It. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to go back really quickly to just emphasize the this isn't your normal kind of flex. This isn't like a sneaker head flex. If you're a part of the culture and you get one of these shoes that are really sought after and you do, you know what I mean? Like your flex is completely different. This is the, such the disconnected flex. Like, and that's how, you know, someone is a grifter. They're not a part of the culture. They're, they're just there to completely capitalize on it. Like, tourist. Yes. Tourist. He's, posing with you know hundreds of boxes of shoes it literally looks like shipping and receiving at the nike store i worked at when i was 17 like that's what he's flexing with yeah and like perfectly curated <laughs> poses next to these boxes that oh are yeah and perfectly with a sneaker on top of the boxes showing you you know like that a display kind of like you're at nike town <laughs> a display like you're at nike town and, you know, captions that make you, you know, feel like you ain't doing it right. Oh, yeah. Current situation the captions- where there's a 500 pairs of Yeezys that nobody got their hands on. That nobody does, right? <laughs> and so if you're a, a black reseller or even a white reseller, you're just a reseller who's like, you know, mom and popping it and really, you know, trying to make it happen. You're looking at this like, what am I doing wrong? Where the caption should really read. Thanks, mom. Yes. Your credit card, your corporate credit card and the insight on that drop, along with the 50 bots I have really helped to get me to where I am Period. right now. And <laughs> buying this bot book from me or course from me won't help you get there, but it is $50 <laughs> link in bio. Right. That's what the caption should really That's say. what it means and to so say. That's what we're really talking about right here. Right. Like 
putting on this false idea of success, a successful business is not really that. Right. And add to that, there's a, that's, there's a lot of questions for me on how you can be spending $132,000 on Adidas product on a Nike corporate credit card and nobody blinks, you know, nobody has a word. So to me, this isn't just access. You're fully funded. You know what I mean? Like you're fully funded by the company that is supposed to be uh, the victim in this. Like, if you're yeah. buying shoes at retail price and reselling them, that's all you're already we, you know, victimless crimes and all. But like, <laughs> yeah, you're stealing yeah. from them effectively. Right. Like you're taking. Yeah. What I mean, but I feel profit. like to a company like Nike, 130 K as a line item is nothing like that. could Oh, somebody for sure. could be like, oh, that's research and development. We just bought a bunch of Adidas so we could like run some R&D on their sneaks like. I mean, it okay. shouldn't be. That's like, fair. Uh, you're you're right. That's fair. Um, I guess one hundred thirty thousand just... is a lot to me. <laughs> right. But to Nike, they don't even pay Drake that for like a partnership. Like, I mean, right. they do. They they like it's right. way you're more like, than that. Yeah, you're like right? that's nothing. That's pennies to what they pay Drake. Yeah. No, you're yeah. right. You're right. I just mean as one person's card. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just a. Uh, it's not a team of people ordering that. It's one person's card. And so to me, I didn't yeah. even, but, but you're right. Like it could definitely be yeah. explained that way. I just feel like Nike knew and is in on it. I think they're in on the game. <laughs> I think they're completely a part of the third party market because they could shut it yeah. down if they wanted to. Again, I say multi-billion dollar corporation. Like they, just like Ticketmaster could shut down uh, brokers reselling tickets and instead everybody wants to figure out why they're not able to ask that for that amount of money. So they yeah. infiltrate instead of figuring out how to squash that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so greed. And I mean, I think that there is something about like supply and demand that does help like with that amount of supply and demand or demand for a product that you're making in the market, even if it's after like post your sales, it does something for your brand. And oh, your brand certainly. Happens. I mean, and they and, play into that by making drops exclusive, right? Like only making yeah. a finite amount of them. Definitely. Absolutely. That's we, that was their first lend, you know, just bending right into that culture. Um, and, and it does, it raises their profile a lot, you know, when people yeah. are uh, highly searching one of your things, then other things become like, oh, OK, well, maybe I've never even seen that shoe before, but that's hot, too. You know, like, yeah, you just open yourself up to a whole different situation. So, yeah, for sure. Um, but that does tie us right into perceived success and our topic for the day. Uh, mm -hmm. Because. There are people that are looking at Joe and they're like, he got it. <laughs> That's it. Right. That's all I want to be. He out here. I do want to mention really quickly that Joe in every, um, I think every picture on his Instagram had his face blurred from the beginning. And mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. a, that's another sign guys. <laughs> that's not a flex. <laughs> that's another sign. <laughs> like if y'all know my mama Sharon, yes. <laughs> it's going to be a wrap. Yo. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, uh, yeah, so there are people that are going to look at Joe and they're like, he's got it. That's it. And all I have to do, like you said, all I have to do is listen to him, follow his advice, 
I'm in there like swimwear and I'm going to be successful yeah. too. And mm-hmm. there, there are going to be other people that look at that like us and go that that's not my idea of success. Like, yeah. Um, it certainly does sound good to be able to start any sort of business without putting any money into it and without having to like <laughs> take any financial risk at all. That sounds cool. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Like, wouldn't mind trying that one on. But the rest of what he was doing isn't success to me. It's certainly success in the form of making money. But um, so, yeah, let's talk about success. What does success mean to you? How do you define it? Yeah, that's such a tough question, right? Like, I feel like for me success is like tied to lifestyle and like genuine lifestyle. So like, you know, right now, um, you know, I don't want to be tethered to anything. Right. I want to be like completely remote and flexible and able to move about in any way that I want. I would love to be able to like head to the East coast and, you know, I'm based in California and, um, you know, hang out with my family for a week, when COVID's not happening and, you know, (laughs) um, be able to work from there. Um, So it's definitely like a lifestyle piece. Um, And then I think another part of that lifestyle is like just being able to have the things that I need and want and being able to take care of myself and my family. And, you know, so there is like, you know, a dollar sign in some ways attached to it, but it's not like, I feel like I can tell you a whole lot about what success is not, you know, right. <laughs> it's not like a specific dollar amount or it's not like being perceived a certain way or looking a certain way to people, you know, online or even like in real life, you know? Yeah. That's what I got so far. What's, what is, what's success like to you? I'm, I'm very much in the same boat and, and I love the words that you use like lifestyle piece. That's it. Like I, the more life I live, the more I understand what I do and don't want in my daily, you know, life. And, and I understand what I need to recharge and feel better. And I'm now really starting to understand the importance of all of those things, like, and actually making time for it and not squeezing it in so success to me is being in charge of my day success to me is like you said just some fluidity that I've never gotten to experience in the way of not having to go to an office not having to be at a certain place for a certain amount of time like I get to be in charge I get to make the decisions Some days that means there are no decisions to make. And some days that means I make a whole bunch of decisions and get a whole bunch done. And that is getting me to a place of feeling like I'm closer to my version of success. You know what I mean? Like it's understanding all of those things. So it's the lifestyle piece for me. And part of the lifestyle piece for me does have dollar signs attached to it because my idea of uh, being rich or, or whatever is what I want to be able to do is be comfortable in spending and be comfortable in living. So I don't want to have to be stressed about where the rent or the mortgage or a car payment or whatever. I don't want to be stressed about where that comes from. I just want to be able to, you know, live within my comfortable means. I don't need to have a mansion. I just want to have enough space for all of us to live comfortably in our home, you know? So 
um, my idea of those things have changed the longer I've lived and more that I've understood what I do and don't want, even in furniture or <laughs> art in my house, you know? Um, so yeah, my definition of success at this point is getting to be in charge of my existence. Is that how you say that? That's my version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think there's also a part of it that's like, you know, when you say existence, that encompasses like lifestyle, but it's also like the ability to be able to like dream up an idea and do yes. it. And yes. And you know, like it's all those things. It's being able to like leave and go get coffee. <laughs> yes. And then come back and finish your work day. It's being able to say, I'm done for the day at two o'clock if you want, or to schedule as many meetings as you want, or have no meetings at all. It's like, it's all of those things being in charge of your existence, how much time you get to spend with your family. Right. You know? um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had a moment earlier this week where I was working and working and working and didn't realize it. And all of a sudden it was like, you know, 730, which is not like me anymore. And that was very old me. And the the thing about it was I was working on something that was really fun and I really wanted to do. And it wasn't feeling like work or anything. And the time really was just flying by and I didn't notice it. But at the end of it, I was like, okay, you have to be cognizant. You know, like pay attention to the time because you just took away time that you would have gotten to spend with the girls just doing nothing. You know, just being with each other. And so... Yes, that was great and productive, but there's also some productive stuff that you want to do with your children, you know, just yeah, having time for them. And yeah, uh, so yeah, I just wanted to add that. Weird- I feel like I need to throw in a disclaimer too, right? That like, you know, I'm I'm rich in heart. And oh, definitely. I'm wealthy in my pocket, but I'm really speaking from a broke bitch perspective. So there's probably a whole bunch of things that are out there in the world that I don't even fucking know about that oh, definitely. are successful, right? Like, you know, there's fucking private jets or like a chef that, you know, it's, it's probably things I can't even imagine exactly. that are... A, yeah, like, <laughs> like staff in your house. Lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so, that out there uh that reminds me I can't remember who said it now if it was like I think it might have been Drake uh but it was sort of like once you make a certain amount of money you're like whoa look at all these you start you know only talking to people with that kind of money so you're like whoa look at all the stuff these people with way more money than me have and then you are you know like overwhelmed by this level of wealth you didn't know existed and you just kind of keep going up that ladder and I he never attached dollar signs to that that I remember but I think that's exactly how it goes like there's there's so many levels of wealth that we can't even comprehend like there are just people that are people that have uh, that are billionaires <laughs> like exactly like there's no uh, celebrity attached like, to them there's no nothing yeah. they're just regular people with a whole lot of money and like if I could buy my son another set of parents to hang out with sometimes, like that's probably like one of those things I don't even know about. Like, yeah, dude, you can have a whole nother set that'll just like be there on our beck and call. Nuts. And- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's like probably so horrible. Watching the watching the show Secession, like uh blew my mind just in the Stop. just in the way that they traveled. Like we're just 
getting on helicopters that are almost planes, like they're so big, yeah. like, and multiple ones. There's, yeah. We don't all take the same chopper. We all get Yeah, exactly. Like traffic in New York. Why would I do that? Like, <laughs> I mean, yo, I have definitely yeah. remember like years in my 20s being like, I can't imagine why rich people live in New York because of all of the inconvenience, right? Like there's just, if you're a rich person, you don't want to go to the bodega. You don't want you. You know what I mean? Like you're you're not doing any What's of this stuff. Exactly. Like you don't do any of the stuff that makes New York cool. So like, what do you what do you want to live there for? And then you have to deal with like traffic everywhere you go. Yeah. And, no. There's no. A whole you don't. Level they, of living. What traffic? They're what? Doing. They're like, oh, the choppers on the roof. Cool. They, I'll be that's there. That's exactly. Because it's right outside my penthouse door. I just got to walk, like, up this little staircase. Actually, I could probably just genie myself there. That's my thing. Like, <laughs> I, just the idea of, like, you don't even have to get in a car. Like, are, when you do yeah. you get in a car? When I want to flex and get there slow. <laughs> but, like, are cars even... At the, like, no, I'm on a yacht or something. Like, it's just... Yeah. Sorry, I've taken it's us off yeah. track. I'm a realist back in right now. Oh, right. But yeah, because that... we actually don't think all this stuff is successful right, right. now. But <laughs> in another iteration, right. when I have it, it it's, might. I'm going to tell you how that level of success feels. And Yeah, I'll let you know then. Yeah. <laughs> but we... right now, I'm just as successful as I want to be. You exactly. Know? And a reminder and disclaimer that we are definitely speaking from a, a broke bitch perspective in this moment. <laughs> That's simple. Yo, you know what? Sometimes I, I'm like, I was never the girl who like dated the basketball players and the football right. players. And like, if I met like a, a, and you know, I have a whole family here, so let's <laughs> all relax. Yes. But if I was just like out one day grocery shopping and like, you know, a famous like, basketball player was like what's up with you girl and right. like we started like getting to know each other they would probably be like this bitch is so broke like <laughs> there's so much stuff that i'm just like not in that life at all listen that they, they, they would probably fall in love because they would be like you know what exactly just like the little things in life exactly <laughs> first of all everybody they meet now is broke so <laughs> keep that in mind it doesn't matter who it is <laughs> Right. Like, nah, you can be a super successful lawyer living the dream over there in your penthouse and you're still looking. That's that whole point of those different levels of wealth. Like, we all broke to them. Yeah, and you know what? That was the interesting thing about COVID, too, that we learned how how broke people were who pretended to be, like, successful and then learned that all these businesses were really just a paycheck away. Yes! <laughs> and, like all feeding us this idea we needed to have you know months of rent saved up and this amount of savings saved up and like LOL. bailing out all of these big like Shake Shack was applying for PPP you know what I mean like these big ass places okay but to be clear that was just fraudulent that them it's specifically were just doing the money grab like that's true because it was out there it, yeah but the, but the truth is most of these corporations and people who put on this idea yes. of being successful were really just a couple months away from being broke yes absolutely like <laughs> that really was an illuminating thing for uh big and medium-sized businesses because i think we all know small businesses are just uh for the most part, 
you know, like a, a year of or, or half a year of not selling or doing what it is that they do is going to fold them. We know that, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. And like, oh, in order to keep moving forward, I have to lay off half my staff or, you know, whatever. Right. You know? So it's it's interesting, like our ideas of success and what we've been fed about success. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know. Fascinating. So we're going to give you an example of someone we think is successful. And we're going to do it on a countdown. I don't know who she's picked. She doesn't know who I've picked. I think, you know, like we've given you our ideology of success already. So you may already have some uh, guesses as listeners. But I honestly have no idea what what Jamika is going to say. Like not a clue. So on the count of three. Same time. Same time. Don't play. Okay. All right. One, two, two, three. three. Nina Turner. Did you say Tina Turner? No, I didn't. (laughs) I was like, that's a fascinating one. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm dying. I said Nina Turner. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, so I wasn't that off. You weren't. You weren't okay. at all. <laughs> okay. Um, Nina Turner. Okay, okay. you got to give me Oprah first, though, because... Uh, so I told you, so this was the thing. It was really funny because when we were, we were texting about this and we were like, let's not say who our person is. And then I was like, yo, mine is real basic. Like, you probably did a book report on this person <laughs> at some point. Now, I could have done more research and found other people. But I think, so Oprah has influence, which for me is huge, right? Like, yeah. not just like you can make people buy something, but you can influence how people think and what they prioritize. That's a measure of success for me. Definitely. Um. She's been in a game. She's put her work in, right? Like we can say Oprah's been in for 30 years. Oprah can give somebody a whole career, right? Yeah. She's done it several times before. Rachel Ray, uh, Dr. Phil, Ooh. Gail, mm. right? Um some some worthy of uh a praise and others not so much. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but the we, fact we, is that's, uh, yes, she, the, she made the, the lanes were right? created, yes. <laughs> And there, there was a line that Jay-Z says, like, um, oh, niggas say they made hove. Okay, make another hove. Like, right. Oprah could do that. She could make another one. <laughs> you know she what I'm could, saying? I mean, yeah. Right? Oprah has so much respect from everybody in the industry. Like, I think that there's something amazing about that. If you are somebody high level, you want to tell your story, you go to Oprah. You go to Oprah. <laughs> right? You might not want to talk to anybody else about that story. Right? Right. But if Oprah call you, you'd be like, all right, I'll tell you. You know <laughs> what? Camera. You know? <laughs> right? Which is real crazy, yep. right? Because if you wouldn't tell somebody else, but you'll tell the person who has the widest reach to the most amount of people globally, <laughs> that's right? a, little, a little confusing. Remember that time <laughs> Oprah talked about how she don't really be eating meat like that and the meat industry tried to sue her like what the fuck is the meat industry like what is the industry <laughs> of meat like what does that even mean <laughs> like all the dairy farmers and meat farmers may i introduce you to uh <laughs> capitalism <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. And she was just like, I mean, I was just speaking my truth, guys. That's all. And like, you know, like, so yeah, like the except levels... for your Oprah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to have to put um, a lid on her because uh, she's got too much mm-hmm. influence. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, and then, you know, I mean, obviously she's wealthy, you know, I feel like she hasn't like bent to the whim of anyone, you know, it's like, Oprah, when are you going to have a kid? Oprah, when are you going to mm. do this? When are you going to do that? When are you going to marry Stedman? And she has said, fuck all of you so many times <laughs> like that to me is successful, right? Like, yes, she opened a school in Africa and like, granted, there was some drama with that, but like <laughs> she still fucking did it. I can't name four other people who have done that, right? Uh-huh. And then, well, I mean, if I researched, I'm sure I was going to say, but... it's not to say that there aren't <laughs> other people. The point is we know what she's done because she's Oprah. And she that's the level of success that she's reached is you know when she's done something. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like Exactly. So, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> um. She's acted. I mean, hello, the color purple. Like, <laughs> can we talk about like just so when I think of like multi hyphenated people, yeah. people who are able to, you know, really look at themselves as a business person, a creative in this aspect, an actress, uh, a director, producer. a producer, you know what I'm saying? Like all of that. Like, yeah, like if Oprah's in another movie tomorrow, it's not going to surprise you. You're not like, oh, he go Oprah trying to rap, you no. know, like, <laughs> it's like oh, OK, she's back at that. Now it's cool. You know, so there's like range and like, you know, and really embracing that like multi hyphenate part of yourself. Um, So she's never let anyone put her in a box in her own personal life, but also in her creative and, you know, business aspects of herself. And then finally, there is this part of Oprah that she just really shows up in like the spirit and wellness space where she doesn't just want that for herself, but she wants to share that with everybody. Mm. And for me, there's something that's super successful about that, right? Like wanting to help other people achieve a level of like knowing themselves that's not wrapped in like, oh, you got to, as soon as you get to God and and learn Jesus, then you're going, you know, like, right. it's about like self-awareness, self And she has committed a large part of herself to, you know, and not just teaching. She's not saying, like, here's how I do it. She's introducing people to other teachers in this space, which I think has always been really great. Um, and she's been able to build an audience that's, you know, super diverse. I don't know anyone. Like, that's why there was all that Oprah, you going to run for president shit going on. Because Oprah could very well run for president and win. Yeah. <laughs> she super duper could. Like, she has built one of the like broadest, you know, audiences and is just so well respected across race, gender, age, you know, right. everything. Like she's the great uniter to me, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> United Nations of Oprah pretty much. Everybody <laughs> love Oprah. So, and I didn't have to think that hard to think of her. You know, it wasn't like, all right, let me go to my book and research and see what this CEO is doing over here and that person's doing over there. Like, I just had to sit with it for a second. And then I was like, Oprah. And then I tried to think of somebody to be Oprah, like top Oprah. Like, <laughs> I really couldn't, you know? So that that's my person. How about you? I love it. 
Mine is Nina Turner, who is a political figure and somebody who I feel like is just unapologetically a black woman every moment and every step of her life. And I don't know if she has always gotten to walk that path. But what I have always known of her and seen of her is fighting for people and fighting for, you know, unification in the way of across all like giving the exactly what you just said about Oprah, how she's the uniter. I feel like that is Nina Turner's point. That's that's how she approaches politics and her constituents. So she is somebody who has been a part of the political system for uh, a long time in it and adjacent to it and is currently running for Congress in her home state of Ohio. And I'm excited to see what she can do in Congress. She was a state senator, so I don't know what her governing or, or legislative style was in the state, but I'm excited to see what she brings nationally because the more people that we get that are progressive and with a unifying message and intent, the more people we get in Congress like that, the more action we have at doing something with those ideas. And so for me, what why she's a pillar of success is I have always, uh, like when people say to me, you should run for something or you really need to be in the political space in that way. And I've always laughed at that or lightweight been offended just in the way of like, this system is literally built to oppress me and there's no way that I am going to be the person that gets in there and shakes it up, (laughs) you know, like you want to start a pot. Yeah. Yeah. That no, they need your voice in there. Yeah. There's all of those old white men are going to listen to me tell you how they have affected my life. Like, nope, that's not what's going to happen there. However, she's, she's been able to be effective in this way. And, that's success to me. I think that's fantastic. And we need more of that. And we need more black women that are like, I understand that this system isn't built for me and that it's going to be a, the hardest fight, but I'm doing that fight. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that maybe if I thought that there was more action at success there <laughs> and being effective for me, maybe that I would have a different view of it. But I can't imagine being more effective than her. And she is a motivator and an inspirer and just makes it real simple and plain. Like there are certain things that are basic human rights and that's what we need to be making sure happens. And then we move forward from there. We, um, we can't pretend that it's fine that there are so many people without a home or house to live in or shelter to have, like we can't pretend that's fine anymore. Um, and she, across class lines has just uh, the my same vision of success. So uh, and she has just the a tiny little bit of petty uh, that, you know, just <laughs> it's not tiny, but, you know, just gives you enough. Yeah, just, just enough. Just enough of the petty because she introduced this bill in 2012 called the Men's Health Bill, which was proposed legislation to um, basically it was just a, a political statements to um, all of the legislation that was uh, being attempted to control women's bodies. It was like, how about this? (laughs) Uh, So she uh, introduced this bill called the men's health bill, which would propose before any man received um, a prescription for erectile dysfunction, they would have to have a notarized affidavit from their previous most recent sex partner uh, saying, yes, 
this person is impotent. <laughs> They'd have to consult with a sex therapist and have a cardiac stress test. I Hiya. love every <laughs> single piece of this legislation. <laughs> it is the petty that meets the petty <laughs> of we're just going to not, we're going to take a birth control away from you. So uh, anybody that's willing to get into government and do that uh, on behalf of women, I'm here for. So there's my definition. I I think that she's an amazing pick. I have to say I am floored that you chose any sort of politician. I did not see that coming. I didn't either. (laughs) I didn't either. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't either, honestly. But I was trying to think about it in the terms of like, what is, what is successful to me in the way of being impactful, right? Like I, I, I want to, I want part of what I do to be impactful to somebody. Um, I don't necessarily, I don't want to be a politician. I'm not going to be a politician and it's not that portion that is the success to me. It's definitely the, the resilience, the brilliance I think that it takes to be a black woman surrounded by all of that on purpose is like a whole different level of being able to manage your energy. Yeah, I there there's just a whole bunch of those things that go into even the ability for her to be effective um is what I find most successful. That's dope. That that brings up the question of like has success changed evolved for you over the years? Like Ooh. has that always been your definition of success? My measure of success has changed so much and so many different times and so many different iterations. Like, absolutely. When I was younger, my teenage years, success just meant money. That was it. Like, a nice car or, you know, like, nice house, then I'm good to go. You get older, realize those things are maybe still important to you or they feel far off, so there's other things you're going to have to focus on. I don't know. But At some point, I started to realize that success wasn't actually money to me. It was comfort. And comfort meant less stress and anxiety for me, not like convenience. I mean, really feeling comfortable in my life. (laughs) And and that's, I'm still, that's a measure of success to me. That's still, are you doing okay? Do you feel fine in your life? Are these things still serving you in a way that's, you know, productive to your growth? Yeah, but yeah, so mine has changed astronomically. Mine changed probably from three months ago. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, um, Ambush and I have this joke all the time where we talk about um, in-ground pool money. That's our goal is to have an in-ground pool. (laughs) It is is a goal of mine. Like, I don't want a humongous mansion. I want a nice house that we can live in and a pool in the in the backyard. I don't think that's like nuts, right? Yeah. They like give you that as a starter home in Texas. So like I think it's not crazy. Anyway, it sounds like it's gonna be super lavish, right? And so when he says it, it is. That's that is his point. His point is like buying Pharrell's seventeen million dollar Google center (laughs) that he calls a house. Like that is his measure of success. And mine is like Oh, a four bedroom house with a pool in the back and a, you know, like, yeah, yeah it's and changed. Like, like blinds that can like go up with the push of a button. Oh my like, God. Look, look, little shit like that. Yeah. I yeah, know. I feel you. Like, it's not measure. ridiculous. Like a friend of mine, she, she like sent me her home. She bought, you know, last summer 
and was like, we just bought a new house, blah, blah, blah. And there was a pool in the back. And I was just like, you made it. And it, it was like in Maryland. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't even like, <laughs> we're talking like LA. It was right. like, like a suburb of Maryland, <laughs> Virginia. And it was just like, yeah, like super attainable. Like, exactly. I, I completely feel you. Yeah. Like, so yeah, mine has changed astronomically over the years. How about you? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Cassius has too. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. The more words think... he learns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, that's what I was just going to say. Like, I think it's a part of the human experience, right? Like, yes. what success looks like to you at one point, you know, you check off the box, right? You reach it and you, the, the human experience is wanting more, wanting to experience more. And it's not something we should feel bad or greedy about. Right. Um, but yeah, like when I was in my twenties and I was like working, you know, shit jobs and even like better shit jobs than the last, you know, I remember a point, <laughs> I remember a point of like, Oh, I want to be, um, a full-time DJ. And like, that is success to me. And like being able to like, you know, work on my craft and do that for a living and, you know, pay my, pay my bills, you know? And then I did that, but then I was like this struggling artist for a while. And (laughs) it was like, okay, well, I guess I'm successful, but I'm fucking struggling out here. I checked one of those success boxes. Yeah. Right. And so then it's like, okay, well, you know, now success looks different to me and it's like artists shouldn't have to struggle and artists should be able to make the money they want and be valued in their community. And so, um, you know, that shifted and then, you know, living in a different place. I remember when I moved to the Bay area, that was for me and a lot of people around me, that was like a moment of success. It was like, yeah. Oh girl, you made it. You working for Apple corporate and you doing this and you doing that. And then I was there and I was like, I'm fucking miserable mm. here. Like this is horrible. But like 12 you months ago, it. this is what I, yeah, <laughs> this you is what it. I thought success was. And then it was working for myself and like, and, and, and then a lot of people I know success for them is tied to having a family, um, Mm -hmm. birthing their own children, being in a relationship. And, and, you know, so I think it just continues to change and grow, but I absolutely like you, there was a point where success had to do with money, you know, a specific amount of money. And it was tethered to certain types of living you had to make or looking at other people and being like, Oh, they've made it. Well, and if you have the money and your lifestyle looks super cool, then you're also happy in every other part of your life. Right. Like we just project onto all of those people that then the rest of it is like super prime too. Like you just have the best relationships and you know, like, uh, nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what social media has given us as well. Is like that unveiling of like the Oz curtain. Right. It's For like sure. Everybody who like is posting these photos and that thing and, and talking about they've achieved something. And then they have these like burst open posts and they're like, but I was depressed the whole time. Right. I was in an abusive relationship the entire time. And like, I was, you know, compromising in this way or that way. And you're like, oh, okay. So success isn't just about like the photos you showed of all the sneakers that you were about to ship out to your customers or (laughs) all of the, you know, handbags or whatever it is like, you know, and, 
And I think also kind of like we were talking about balance, right? Like success can be compartmentalized where you can be really successful in one space and be like sucking in another space and needing to like sort of balance that out for yourself too. So I think success is a super interesting conversation because as we're here together talking about entrepreneurship and the entrepreneur journey, you know, I think it's important to like have conversations about really understanding for yourself what success looks like and also understanding that you are talking about a slice of your life, right? And so many of us pretty much like tether our value to our work mm. and and what we're we're doing. And then if, if you check off that box of success, sometimes you can feel miserable afterwards because you're like, well, what am I supposed to do with my life now? What am I supposed to do with myself now? And it's and the answer is like create a new checklist of success or just like be okay with just living and being and existing and breathing in the world and know that that too is a measure of success because like if anything COVID has taught us it's a lot to get out of bed every day it's a lot to show up at work every day it's a lot to deal with colleagues it's a lot to run a business it's a lot to be a person in a family it's a lot to put dinner on the table every night it's a lot to feed yourself breakfast and to wash your face and to self-care for yourself and all those things Exactly, Cash. Yes. Exactly. And so, you know, in knowing that, you know, we have to also honor that, like, success isn't just these, like, pie-in-the-sky things, right? Like, our daily waking up, living, being here, attack, and and living out a dream that we had even three or six months ago or right. two years ago is successful, you know? Yes. Yeah, taking, taking the wins, too. I think that we... Uh, kind of forget what wins look like when they're new or different. And like, I know so many people that during quarantine did something super cool or learned something new or, you know what I mean? Now they bake and whatever, like that's a success. Like you found, you found something, a way to channel, right? And um, we need to re- recognize those wins when we yep. uh, achieve them, I guess. Um, yep. So, Really quickly, we we know our ideology. We know people that we find successful, um, and our definitions have changed, uh, and they're going to continue to evolve because we're going to continue to evolve, and we're going to hit goals and go past them, make new ones. Um, do you have any sort of formula for your definition of success? Is it like you know, two parts, this equals and, and plus that and, or what? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I want to say like, yeah, like the recipe, you know, for (laughs) me, um, it's definitely like alignment with yourself, right? Like there's a, a piece of it that has to do with no one else and no external circumstances. So it's not like, hinging upon something and then you are successful right so Mm -hmm. for me it's like that self-alignment piece where I know that like I'm in tune with who I am with what I want for myself I'm like being kind in the world because you could be making a ton of money and be a fucking asshole right so it's like there's a lot of you know Yeah, like showing up as my truest self and like who I want to be. I mean, even if that truest self is an asshole, right? Like, but, you know, you are showing up like how you want and who you are. So there's an alignment piece that's um, in it. And then um, 
I think there's this part that is allowing you to like reverse engineer from where you want to be. So it's like, okay, you know, I know that my idea of success is, you know, working for myself. And so right now I'm working for myself. I'm making a whole lot of money, but I'm working for myself. (laughs) Right. And, you know, I know that's growing, but that is like success and that's a part of me like reverse engineering from you know this you know six seven figure business that I want to have down the line so I would say just like being in tune and your truest self and um yeah like knowing what you want I think most of us just float through life not really Mm. knowing and feeling unsuccessful because we're comparing it to something someone else has, but we're still not clear about what we want. And a good part of like the formula for success to me is like knowing what you want. Yeah. Uh, Mine is very similar. I I don't have um, like a X plus this times two, but I definitely feel like, um, you can't really move forward all the way and be like your best self, right? If you don't know you at all or know you well enough. And I think like self-reflecting is really hard and, uh, and rough sometimes, but I think it's so important that we're doing that so that we're always evolving and, and bettering and growing and learning from mistakes instead of pretending like they didn't happen. So, yeah, part of success to me is getting real familiar with you and being real honest with yourself. That is not that's not the Internet way of being like uh, I'm not saying be mean to yourself because part of being honest with myself is knowing that I'm too mean to me. So Mm -hmm. I have to correct my own behavior and the way that I treat myself or talk to myself, you know. Um, so I don't mean like to be funny, like humble yourself or (laughs) get real honest. You know what I mean? I mean, be honest with yourself, be honest about how you talk to yourself, be honest about how your day actually goes. Are you faking it all the time? Are you getting, you know, walking out of your office and all of your energy is gone and you just want to weep or something like be honest with yourself and look at how, how life is going for you and what role you play in it. And then act you aren't gonna always know what you want but you will likely know what you don't want and what you Mm -hmm. like once you've experienced certain things you may not know what the next ladder looks like but you know the things you don't want to have to deal with no matter where you go right and so keep those things in mind and always like pull that thread and make sure that you're paying attention to those things across all facets of your life because when you let those couple of balls drop, then like we talked about being really successful in a career, but then being, you know, uh, a shitty partner all of a sudden or uh, not having time for your family in other ways and not calling your parents or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Just really, like you said, being in alignment with yourself and then acting and like doing the do part. And then success for me is continuously growing. Like, so those goals change. Uh, If you're not a person that does goals like this is what I want to attain in 12 months or whatever, but you have a goal of I want to own my own business or I want to write a book or whatever, you're going to you're going to keep going. Like if you're always growing, those things are always changing. Hobbies change. Your abilities change. 
that's success to me. If you're able to do all of those things and uh, make money from it, <laughs> that's success to me. I love it. I love it. All right, y'all, then get successful out you here. You know, just buy an LLC. <laughs> Take your Become wealthy. $600 <laughs> and do it. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> I love the part you said about just acting and doing, you know. Um, I think that really, and just like put a good vibe out there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like when your vibe is right, like all the things start coming your way. But when you have like, just this funky ass vibe about you or you continuously feel like things aren't working for you or going your way, then like none of the stuff you want can make it right into you. Cause right. you're just, your, your vibes just off. So I love that you shared those things. Thank you. All right. So we don't know shit at the end right. of the day. We winging it, but uh, thank you for listening to work wives, the podcast about being better and feeling better along your entrepreneurial journey. We're going to catch y'all on the next one. I'll holla. Absolutely. Cash is said peace. <laughs>podcast about being better and feeling better along your entrepreneurial journey hosted by Jamika Eel and Morgan Jones we hella appreciate you this podcast is powered by Motherboard head to motherboard.com that's m-u-v-a-b-o-a-r-d.com to learn more and connect with us on the gram follow Jamika at aphrodisiac and Morgan at Portland Morgan for all things work wives and the rest of our lives lives lives